Welcome to Raise Your Vibe and Heal. My name is Lisa Snyder, and I'm an intuitive healer and breathwork coach here to help you live your best life. On this channel and podcast, we hold channeled spiritual messages, mini healing sessions, and welcome monthly guests to share their wisdom. To stay updated on the latest events, please subscribe to my event newsletter on my website, lisahsnyder.com, which is linked in the description field of this broadcast. As a welcome gift, you will have access to a short breathwork video to balance your system anywhere, anytime. Plus, you will receive a weekly pick-a-card message for the week delivered to your inbox on Sunday mornings. I am so honored to welcome our guest tonight. Paige Lee is a grief educator, intuitive healer, and author of the book, Choose to Believe, a story of miracles, healing, and the afterlife. She volunteers as an affiliate leader for Helping Parents Heal and is also a caring listener for the organization. In 2022, she co-founded Transcending Grief with medium Kat Bailey. Her spiritual awakening came abruptly and forcefully after her 23-year-old son, Brian, was murdered in September 2008. Just as the only world she'd ever known was shattered, a new world opened, a world filled with hope, spirit and love, a world that allowed her not only to continue having a relationship with her son, but a world that opened her own true self into being. Paige believes when we let go of our paradigms that hold us prisoner and limit our ability to thrive, we learn to live a life full of peace, abundance, and joyful purpose. Paige is dedicated to her mission of helping people transcend their grief and offers a variety of services, including private coaching, online workshops, and in-person retreats. To learn more, please visit her website at pagewlee.com. Links to her book, which is available on Amazon and her website, are in the description field of this broadcast. And I've also pinned a link to the Amazon in the in the comment section where you can go directly to purchase her book there. And also we are going to be having a giveaway tonight. So one lucky person is going to be winning Paige's book. I will be shipping that to you personally. Uh, and so we will be doing that drawing near the end of tonight's event. You do need to be present to win. To enter the drawing for that, please type 11 into the chat box. So that's one, one into the chat box. I would like to welcome Paige Lee to our live tonight. Hello, <laughs> Paige. I just, I am so honored that you are here tonight. And I just thank you so much for joining us. I just uh, read your book twice. I read it twice. I, it was, it was such an easy read. And as a mom myself of a current you know, a, a 23 year old, I'll say your age, Laura, she and thank you, Laura, for being in the background and helping us out tonight. Your book touched me on so many levels. And you detailed your pain and your journey with how he transitioned in September 28 at great length in the book. So what I would like to do is really focus on the life of Brian tonight, if that's okay with you. And really talk about the journey that you've been on since then. Um, it is, uh, it is quite the journey. And I just, I, I just, again, I just want to thank you for joining us live tonight. I appreciate I that. I thank you so much, Lisa. I just, yes. I, I really am just like so thrilled that you invited me. And thank you to all of your listeners. It's nice to see you guys. So I'm here to answer whatever questions you have. I love nothing more than talking about my son. So. <laughs> this will be so easy. This will be easy. <laughs> well, let's. I'm going to just say a shout out to to I'm gonna say hello to people that have joined us. So I'd like to say hello to Keith and Isabel, uh, Laura, 
B, Luann. Uh, let's see. I would like to say hello to Carla. Hello, Carla. Uh, let's see. I think I said B, Luann. Boy, there's so many comments already in the comments. Uh, Sandra. Sandra has also joined us. So if I, if I didn't have a chance to say hello, uh, please accept my apologies. And also, please feel free to say hello in the chat box. And if you have any questions during the course of this session tonight, Laura will be keeping an eye on that and will be prompting us with that. So, and Carla says hello. And then on the right side, um, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, Paige, but on the right side, there's a, a comment box. You're, you're able to look at the comments as well. All right. The reason we are here, what brought us together initially is this wonderful book by Camille Dan, Gathering at the Doorway. And <laughs> yay, Paige has her coffee. Let's just hold that for a second because I know Camille yeah. should want to do a screenshot of that. All right. Great. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> this book by Camille Dan, I've met so many wonderful guests as a result of this book. There's just so many chapters by wonderful people sharing their story of their their journey with kids on the other side there's mediums there's healers and i'm also very honored to have a chapter in there chapter 33 by the way i love that the threes um but it is just a wonderful book all proceeds go to help support wonderful worthwhile organizations nobody makes a dime off of that book so please consider checking out that book by camille dan gathering at the doorway it's been out for about a year now and it's just because of her selfless work so many of us have met in this community and that is how Paige and I got connected so all yeah, right sure. um so Paige I, I can we talk a little bit I'd like to focus on the life of Brian so if you could first just introduce mm. us to Brian please we do have some pictures that I want to thank you for sharing with us I would just love to add okay. so the, the listeners can have a chance to meet Brian Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, Lisa, I love these <laughs> pictures. Uh, this is my son, Brian Richard Frost. Uh, Frost was, uh, I was married to his father at the time that he was born. Uh, we're not married now, but um, he was uh, probably two or three in the cowboy hat picture and then maybe um, nine or so in the other picture. And um, he was my only living child, I always say. I had lost uh, three babies pre-birth prior to well, one pre-birth after him or anyhow, I have four babies in spirit now, my three pre-birth babies. And then of course, Brian, who I say was my only living child. And um, he was amazing. He was really smart. He was a straight A student. He was a lacrosse player, a football player. He excelled at, you know, basketball, all of the things that he did through school. Um, I mean, he really did. I know we're all proud of our kids, but this kid, if he set his mind to do something, he did it very well. There's him at his lacrosse at the end of a game. Um, the picture on the right with black and white was during his time at USC. Uh, some of his friends at USC sent me that picture. Um, but when he graduated high school, which is the middle picture, that's his high school graduation photo, he um, decided he wanted to, he wanted to go to an Ivy League school and he couldn't, he tried to get accepted. He got waitlisted at Duke. So he decided to apply for a military academy appointment. Um, he received, I think, six, five or six military academy appointments, you know, from the, um, from the people that be and he chose West Point. So he went there for a year and a half. He played on the secondary football team there, uh, but he didn't like it. He's Brian. Um, Brian was not a, a, a very, he wasn't a rule follower, I'm going to say. And so <laughs> he really just, it wasn't his cup of tea, which I could have told him, but you know, moms and kids. And um, so he, he left and he went to Boulder for a semester and then he applied for USC and he got in, he finished his, um, uh, um, 
uh, um, he finished his one degree there. Sorry, I'm having a moment. And uh, and then he pursued a second degree in film, which is unfortunately he was six months away from completing that degree when he was murdered. So um, just one of those things, wrong place, wrong time, just off the campus of USC. And um, and that was almost 15 years ago. So it was mm. a long time ago. He was 23 when he passed. Um, Brian was funny. He was smart, but I always like to say none of his friends knew he was Deansless, right? He was always Deansless, but none of his friends knew that because he didn't brag about it. You would never have known. He loved to party with the best of them. He's his mother's child. <laughs> he loved to party. He loved Led Zeppelin. That's our favorite band. Um, oh. But he's just smart and very studious, and he excelled at everything he did, and he drove himself very hard. And, you know, for a 23-year-old, he was so accomplished, and he had traveled the world, um, the year before he passed, or the summer that he passed, he had traveled to Pakistan to film a movie there with his friend who's from Karachi. And that's another whole story in itself that we tell in the book. Um, but just amazing, right? That he was so well-traveled and so learned in his short 23 years, two, two college degrees, you know, all of that. So um, he is my pride and joy. He was my reason for living then. He's, um, he's really the purpose that keeps me driving forward today. Um, I'm happily married to my husband of 25 years. Um, he has children and grandchildren through him who I all of whom I adore. But this is my boy, right? This is my boy. And I miss him terribly. Um, but we have this really amazing relationship. And he's my partner in the work that I do. So, you know, I miss him, but yet he's so present and active in my life. Um, it's, 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 it almost seems strange to say I miss him because I talk to him every day. <laughs> uh, yeah. you, know, you know, it's interesting in the book you had written, you had made a comment that um, he had said that he didn't believe well, you, you learned that he didn't feel he was going to live a very long life. Did you know that while he was here? Or is that something that you learned after he trend, he was on the other side? So I think that he knew that only because only because he was so driven to do so much in such a short time. That's why I think that he on some level knew. Um, he We almost lost him uh, two other times. Um, there's a, a very... Um, uh, nerve wracking story in the book about how he fell into a, a, a class yes. five whitewater rapid one time and I jumped in to save him. It's absolutely a miracle. The hand of God reached in and pulled us out of that river. There's no reason that we survived literally. that. Um, I mean, literally, I, I don't even, I was there shivering, holding on to him with one hand. I was fully dressed. He had a life jacket on. I don't think I did. And it was freezing the Locksaw River in North Idaho. And anyhow, um, we survived that. He, I almost lost him one other time. And I just, I say that about my knowing because I was always afraid something would happen to him. I didn't know it. I didn't have a premonition. Actually, I did the night before. But all of his life, I worried that something would happen to him. And when he moved to LA, you know, we're from Idaho, Boise at the time, you know, very small town. 15 years ago, not so much anymore. And uh, I was like, Oh, man, Brian, you really want to go to LA? Are you sure? Like, be safe. And, you know, I made him get the map of books. We didn't have, you know, phone GPS then. I had this big, big book of maps so he could find his way around and not get lost on all the freeways. But the night before he died, he called me like he often did. And we were just chatting, but I was sick. And I remember saying, 
um, I'm not feeling so good. Maybe I'll just call you tomorrow. But we didn't get off the phone and we kept talking and he's like, I'm going to go out. And I'm like, Brian, it's nine o'clock there, you know, eight, nine o'clock. Why would you go out this late? Don't go. And I begged Mm -hmm. him, don't go, don't go. And of course he did find somebody to go with him and he did go. And that was the night that he, that he passed. So um, anyhow, so maybe a little bit of premonition there. Um, but I think mostly because he was so adventurous and pushed himself so hard and so accomplished in such a short amount of time, I think is primarily why I say that. Mm. You know what? Yeah. You mentioned something in the, uh, I read your book twice. I, I just, I know, you're so sweet. here, here, well, no, I, I, it's not being sweet. It's you being an amazing <laughs> communicator and author and yeah. the way that you channel messages in the book and the way it just flowed is absolutely beautiful. And mm-hmm. here's the thing. I do not have a child on the other side. I have so much passion and compassion and empathy for those who do. I can only imagine what that must feel like, what that must feel like. And um, I just, uh, the way you wrote, it is the way you just talk about the grief process and the journey with the grief process. It literally could apply to anything. It doesn't have to necessarily be, I know that you focus on, of course, your, your personal journey, but I could relate to some of the things that you were writing in that book. And I just really, really resonated with it. So I, I just, I love that. One of the things you had mentioned, um, I wanted to bring this up because in these broadcast, in these broadcasts, we often talk about, you have no idea what you can do to shine the light in the world. It could be something as simple as a smile. It could be something as simple as saying hello or opening the door. You had mentioned an experience in your book that really got my attention. And I think you know the one I'm talking about. If you could just briefly talk about that. I just, that was so touching. I love that. Yeah, twofold actually. So um, when we first found, you know, we went to LA right away, obviously. We went to LA right away. And when we finally made our way around to going to the hospital where he, I thought he had passed at the hospital. I found out later that he'd passed in the ambulance, but um, we made our way there to try to find the doctors. We wanted to talk to the people that, you know, cared for him when he came into the ER. We wanted to see the medical records, all of that. And, um, we came in and I, I had a panic attack right off the bat in the hallway. We came in, I want to think it was a back door. I don't remember that clearly. And there was this man, large man who, I, he was like an angel, a black man, big, beautiful, soft, loving in his face. And he was, um, I think, an orderly or a security man. And he took one look at me and he just came to me and just not literally, but wrapped me energetically in his arms and in his love. And he took care of us for the rest of the time we were there. But what's really interesting is when um, we went back a year later for the trial, And I, do you want me to lead into that story, Lisa? Yes. Um, When we went into the trial and um, I had the stress leading up to the trial was so bad and so intense and I was so nervous. And, um, you know, because it's interesting at a trial, they try to make the victim out to be the aggressor, right? And so Mm -hmm. with, especially with Brian having had football background and, you know, uh, West Point training. um, So I was really nervous about all of that and how that would go. So my stress resulted in bronchitis. Um, I was a smoker at the time. So I had, you know, used to having bronchitis anyway. And, uh, but it was pretty severe. And it was so severe that my sister-in-law rushed me to the hospital. 
And I didn't know until we walked in the door that it was the same hospital and it was the same man who Mm. met us there. And he took one look at me and he turned around to the other people and he said, USC. Because it was all over the news. Yes. It was all, it was live, right? Live trial. And he knew exactly who I was. He probably remembered, I'm sure, our interaction from before. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he took care of me again. Oh and it just, I'll never forget him and his kindness. And what you said is true. It just, it, it's nothing to us to be nice to somebody. It takes nothing away from us to give somebody a kind word to say, you look beautiful today, you know, or whatever it is. And for him to open up his heart to me the way he did twice, not once, but twice, huge impact um, for me and my family and allowed me to get, you know, the care that I needed so that I could go back to the courtroom the next day. So. Yes. Oh, you know what else cool happened in that hospital? We didn't. I have to tell you real quick. Oh, yes, of course. (laughs) uh, Actually, I did spend the night, and that night I had a dream that the roles were reversed. So his family, the the guy's family, was also, of course, in the in the courtroom, and I had a dream that the roles were reversed, and it was Brian that had killed him, Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Ford, and. I had a dream that his mother was in my shoes and that I was in her shoes. And I saw so clearly in the room, the reversal of the roles that we played, you know, in her defense of her son, of course, and my anguish and, and, and pain and grief over my son. And I didn't know till later, like months, maybe even years later, but I could look back on that and say, thank you, spirit, for showing me that because that gave me the compassion that I needed to extend toward her and toward him, quite honestly, but we probably don't want to get into that. But um, you know what I mean? Because it was like, I could see her pain had it been her son, and I had compassion for her. So it made me nicer to her, I think, in the courtroom, if that makes sense. It made me not afraid to smile at her and not afraid to let her know that we didn't blame, you know, her or her family or whatever. So I thought that was interesting. You didn't write about that. In the, you did your, I don't remember I reading that. I was going to say, no, I'm like, I, I don't remember that story. And I read the book no. twice and I have all these notes from, you know, just because I just <laughs> didn't, I, oh my gosh. Okay. So yeah. we have another picture that we haven't gotten to yet that we're going to put on the screen. Laura, if you can put that last picture on there, could you oh. please talk about this picture? And then we're going to zoom in on it in the next slide. So if you could please, when was this picture taken? And could you please talk oh, about you- this? This you picture is like something I don't know. Oh, <laughs> this is going to be fun. Okay, I'm going to have to put my glasses on for this. So this picture was taken, I believe, at Bogus Bay. So Brian was an excellent snowboarder. He grew up, he started skiing when he was three. His dad was on the ski patrol up at Bogus Basin, which is our, our hill just 45 minutes from town, from home. And um, he, massive ski boarder, snowboarder, and, or skier, snowboarder, and he loved it. And this was taken, I think, at the top of Bogus Basin. Now, it might have been Bend, Oregon, but I'm pretty sure this was Bogus. And it wasn't until after he passed that we found this picture. Somebody, I think, gave it to me. I'm sorry. I don't remember all the details. 15 years is a long time ago. Um, And so, and, and I found it and I'm like, what are you kidding me? Like, if that's not like, that's look at that. It's shining right on his heart. And now let's, let's zoom in. Let's zoom in a little closer. Laura, can you break? There we go. (laughs) Look, are you looking at the, um, all of it? What are you looking at? All of it. All of it. All of it. It is. Some might, some might say, yes, yes, 
this I, I when I looked at this picture, I'm like, are you kidding me right now? So much wow, light. And the thing is, you know, you're the cover, the name of your book is this name, your book, the title of your book, excuse me, is choose to believe a story of miracles, healing in the afterlife. And who better to write that book with than your beautiful son, Brian, I just look mm, at this picture, everybody. Absolutely. Yep. B says this picture is super cool. Janelle says, wow, that is amazing. Uh, Keith also says love the angel in the picture. That's what I see too, Keith. I see an angel in that picture as well. Yes. Um, yes, it's absolutely beautiful. So thank you for, sh thank oh. you for sharing these pictures with us. Cause it's just, thank it's, you. yes, absolutely. Oh, Orban, and then Karen, cool. Karen's also an intuitive and she sees orb and angel wings. Yes. I see that as well. It's just, it's like, yeah. we've got and a zero. <laughs> Lisa, this was years before he passed. So Doesn't how matter. Interesting is that it's really well. But I'm saying it's almost like it's almost like a premonition, isn't it? Um, yes. That we can look back on later and be and and have like a wow, yeah. Yes, and Thank the you fact so that much. you're welcome, and the fact, and then Marsha says wrapped in angel love, and Carla says uh, yes, and angel Keith says he has chills, and Janelle says almost like angel wings around him. Yes, and I think it's interesting that somebody happened to find somebody gave the picture to you did you say or did you find yes. the picture somebody happened I'm to give not sure okay doesn't matter but it it came into yeah. your life after he had passed so love this picture i love 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 this so thank you so much for sharing that Alrighty, let's get talking about brian some more um okay. so signs signs that you have received from him there was one that you talked about the garage well before we get to that, you you sent me a text right before the start of this. I want you to talk about this because I had no idea. I like literally had no idea until I saw it posted. I think you I saw something that you had posted on your transcending grief pay, uh, Facebook page, I think, or pay, your pay, I can't yeah. remember which page it was, but can you just share that really quick, please? Yeah. So, you know, in the grief community, um, of which I'm very, very ingrained, right, in the grief community have been since Brian's passing in one way or another. And um, there's a thing called International Bereaved Mother's Day, International mm -hmm. Bereaved Mother's Day, which I hate. I hate it because I'm a mom. I was a mom. I'm still a mom. And I will celebrate my relationship with my son next Sunday, just like you. <laughs> but yes. there is a thing called that. And um, I was searching this morning for like, what do I like, I, you know, I need to, I need to honor that somehow I need to talk about it, because so many people in my sphere are grieving and early in their grief. And so I was searching for the right words. And then I actually ran across that photo is a woman by the name of Sally Stacy who put that on her because I always give credit where it's due. Um, but I shared it with the message. Um, and basically, the renaming of that is Child in Spirit Mother's Day, International Child in Spirit Mother's Day, because even though, you know, we're still mothers, but our children are in spirit. But I would take it a step further and say, we don't need a special day. We're special. I think we're... <laughs> I don't like the word bereaved, but I think parents who have children in spirit are yes. very special people. Yes. And I think the kids are very special people, but I don't think we need a special day. I don't like that being separate, you know, and having this light shown on us, but that's just my own opinion. However, you celebrate that today, for those of you who are grieving the, the passing of your child, um, 
know that they're not lost. Know that you are still a mom. Know that you're still a dad. You are still going to have Mother's Day. You're still going to have Father's Day. But the fact that that day was today, Lisa, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I was like, are you even aware that today is this International Bereaved no. Parent Day? And <clears throat> you have me on your show. Well, so I thought that was synchronicity. The thing is, we originally scheduled this for last month. And then my schedule with travel and everything, it was just getting too tight. Yeah. So we rescheduled it. Yeah. And you said today would work. And I was like, great. And then you texted me and said, did you yeah. know? I said, I had no idea. I had no idea. Yeah. You cannot Crazy. make this up. Seriously. Karen says they are your celestial children like that a lot. Mm, Karen, that yeah, is really well beautiful. said. Okay, um, that was leading me to another point here. You were talking about signs. We're going to talk about signs from Brian. Can you just share some of the signs you've received from Brian? I love this. <laughs> How many do you want me to tell? <laughs> well, I want you to you talk want, about one the, one, uh, the one in the garage. Yes, and the very okay, first time, I'm, and the very first time you got he got your attention. That one I think is important. Okay. They're my favorites. Okay. So the first sign. That I know I'm aware that. I'm, I know that because I'm psychic girl. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. you. I know. And so are you. Way, those cards you pull, those cards you pull are amazing. Thank you. So it was, um, Brian passed in September of 2008. And so it was summer of 2009. It was pre-trial, before the trial. And I love flower gardens. I don't grow vegetables, but I have flower gardens all over my you know, property. We live on five acres. And um, I was out working in the garden and I was, you know, just weeding and I felt a presence. Now I had been taking psychic development classes prior to this, but I had not, to my knowledge, had that aha sign from Brian prior to this day. It happened to be the day that we were celebrating my 50th birthday with my stepkids. They were coming over for dinner. We were barbecuing. And, but that afternoon I'm out working in my yard and I feel a presence and I, I literally stopped and I looked around and I'm like, is the neighbor girl out? And I'm like, Molly, are you here? No, Laura, are you out? These are my neighbors. And we don't have any other neighbors, right? Everybody's pretty far out. So there's nobody around. So I said, mom, is that you? Cause my mom passed away in 2012 okay. and I'm like, mom, is that you? in no response. And then I said, Brian, is that you? No response. So I said, well, Brian, if that's you, send me a ladybug, like, you know, <laughs> off the top of my head, no yep. special relationship with ladybugs ever in my whole life. Never had seen one in my home. And then that night we're preparing for dinner and in our dining room, we have a bay window area. And I was walking by and I glanced at the bay window and there on the windowsill is a ladybug. You guys, oh my God. <laughs> I, I screamed out loud. I did. I screamed out loud. Yep. I'm jumping up and down. And I'm like, Brian, Brian, Brian. <laughs> and honestly, the kids and my husband think I've lost it. They're like, call the psych ward. She's lost it. <laughs> and But it was the first. I mean, you guys, you can't make that up. No, right, you Lisa? Can't. You cannot can't make, make that, that up. up. Just like you can't make the other things up that we've talked about. So that was crazy. And so that started, which is why you put the ladybug on the beautiful advertisement that you made for tonight. Yes. I have ladybugs everywhere. Um, <laughs> and they're and, and that started the the flurry of ladybug signs from Brian. He still sends them to this day, not mm. as often. Um, mm. he sends them to his stepbrother Stephen, and they they'll get a ladybug and it will stay with them for weeks. 
the same oh ladybug. Wow. Oh, that's crazy. I know. I'm telling you. Usually oh. to me, I see them um, and people will say, is every ladybug from Brian? And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> but I know the difference because when I get the ladybugs like that day and I'm instantly awash, right? With that. Oh my gosh, it's Brian. Brian's not the ladybug. <laughs> I don't believe he's manifesting <laughs> as the ladybug, but I believe he sends them. It's a wave, right? It's that, like, the, I think the angels send the synchronicity in the numbers, right? 11, 11, 12, 22, 22, those numbers, which I had a 22, 22 today. Anyhow, um, so that was one, but they get better. So one year, it was the first Mother's Day. Actually, it was previous, wasn't it? It was the first sign. I had forgotten the timing of this. I'm so sorry. So this one no, that's okay. The ladybug. <laughs> uh, this one preceded the ladybug. Um, it was Mother's Day, my first Mother's Day without Brian. Mm -hmm. And I was a mess. I was a mess. I had gotten up that morning and... Um, uh, you know, I just turned on the TV, like anything to stop my thoughts. And I, I tried to meditate. So I'm like, well, I'm going to try to meditate. So I paused the TV, just paused it. It's still up, but it's paused. Nothing's moving. And I meditate because new practice of mine, I had been learning how to meditate and I start meditating. And all I could see after a few moments, I just kept seeing little hearts floating around in my consciousness, little, little hearts, little, just floating around in my consciousness and, and finally, I just, I was like, well, finally, I gave up. I'm like, well, I'm not getting anything. I'm not getting anything. And, and so I got up and I looked at the TV and there it says, um, oh, first before that, I had this thought, probably also my first intuitive thought that I always say it's like kerplunk in my head. It's like, boom, yes. there's, there's this message. Yes. And it said, it said, um, I see now I'm going to forget my own story. I think it said go out into the garage, yes. right? Go out into yes. the garage. That's what I and read. So, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, go out into the garage. That's weird. So then I um, looked up at the TV and it's, and I'm like, I'm not going to go out in the garage. That's silly. I'm not going to go out in the garage. And they look up at the TV and on the screen where it had been paused the whole time, it said, hurry, offer ends soon. Hurry, offer ends soon. So I go out into the garage and do you remember what happened next? There was, yes, I do. But why don't you go ahead and share? No, to go ahead and tell it. Tell no, 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 this is your story. <laughs> this, the only, I just know, I'm just going to say there's a Bible and there's something in the Bible. And that's all I want to talk about. I want you to share that part. That is just. We, we went out into the garage <laughs> and I came back. I, I went out to the garage and I couldn't find anything in the garage. I can't remember what was in the garage, but I come back in and they were like, um, read God's word. I had that thought again, like read God's word. So I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I know I missed something there, but I, um, read God's word. So I went to my bedroom and I have a red Bible that I've had since I was a child. It says page Whitfield on it that my grandparents had given me. And I picked up this Bible and I opened it up and I am like, I'm going to read right here. And I opened it up and I read that passage and I'm like, well, that's, I mean, that means nothing to me. No. I mean, I, you know, the Bible's great. I mean, that, and I'm great, like, I don't but resonate with that at all. No. And so I'm going to try it again. So I close my eyes and I'm like, where should I stop the page? <laughs> I, I've done and that. I, I've done that. I know. I picked another page and I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to read this. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it doesn't make any sense to me. So I closed it. And in the closing of the Bible out floats these papers I have such chills right now. Me Out too. these papers. And I'm like, what? And so I pick it up. 
you guys, it's a Mother's Day card from Brian that he hand wrote. I can't remember the year. I want to say 1988 or 1989 or 90. And it was handmade at preschool or daycare, wherever he was, kindergarten, I think. And I opened it up. And of course, he'd written a message, but he'd written hearts all over it. He'd written little hearts. hearts all literally all over the inside of the card, which is, of course, what I'd been seeing in my meditation was all of those little hearts. So, so you just um, receive valid, you receive validation that what you saw in your meditation was it that you were not making that up because how, why would you go to that Bible? Why would that I mean, you just wouldn't have thought of that. And so you were being sent the signs. Yeah. Now, okay, we see you today and you're bubbly, your personality is bubbly, you're so full of joy. Of course, I'm sure that you still have your moments of, you know, you would love for Brian to be here on this side. I want to talk about the fact, I want to to switch gears here a little bit. Thank you for sharing those signs. Love those signs. Of course, I asked you to talk about them because they just get your attention. And there's more (laughs) in the book, guys. You should really check out the book, which again, that's linked at the comments section here. You can get her book on Amazon. There is a quote that you said, before I could find joy, I needed to grieve the person I was before Brian died. And then you were talking about in the book that it was time to do the hard work, which by the way, this applies towards any grief. You must say yes to suffering before you can heal. And then you talked about, and then you can just pick and choose what you want to talk about here. The biggest misguided belief, if we heal from our grief, we will have betrayed our loved ones. So could you please talk about the darker side of grief, burying it, not hiding it, Um, and can you just address that please? Cause this is, um, I am sure this is a big part of the kind of work that you do with, with your, um, with your efforts. Yeah. Thank you. I was just making a couple of quick notes. So I call it, and it's probably not a unique term to me, but I've always called it conscious healing. I think we have to be extremely cautious on our grief journey. I do call it grief healing. I've, I've been called out on that. People say, oh, you can't, there's no such thing as grief healing, but there is. It's a choice. It's a conscious choice that we make to continue grieving, to continue living in our pain and our sadness, or to choose to, I call it reaching for the light, right? Always reaching for the light and reaching for happiness. Joy is possible, but people early in the grief journey, understandably, we can't see that early on. We don't understand that it's possible. So I feel like my job and so many people's job, and even in the work that you do, Lisa, our 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 role is to show people that you can still find happiness. You can still find joy. And even if you can't see it yet, just hold on to me. Hold on to me and let me lead you and let me guide you, right? Because I'm going to get you there, right? Mm-hmm. And in and, and Transcending Grief and Helping Parents Heal, so much of what we do is at no cost and no charge. So it's just there's so much available out there through those two organizations and many others that weren't available to me when I, when my son passed. Right. So I I had to kind of dig the harder way. I ran across a wonderful gentleman by the name of Tom Zuba, who many of you may know early in my grief journey, who did so much for me um, by way of helping me progress on that, you know, that, that heading toward the light. Right. So anyhow, um, so I call it conscious healing. Now, grief can be very dark. And in my book, I talk about grief surges and how they come out of nowhere and they just literally suck us into this black hole. And it's like we have a blanket or shroud of grief and we wrap it around ourselves and we hide in it. 
And it's hard sometimes to climb out of that. It mm-hmm. takes conscious effort to climb up out of that. And sometimes, like I remember one time I was in that space for a couple of months at least. And it wasn't until I was on the other side of it that I was really able to see what had been happening. So I've lived all of this, right? It's experience for me. I've lived all of it a thousand times over. I know what you're going through. I feel your pain. I have felt that same pain. Um, You'll read the book. You'll see how close I got to considering the taking of my own life, which Mm -hmm. honestly, if any parent with a child in spirit tells you that they haven't considered that, then they'd probably be lying to you, right? I agree. It's like, of course, it's something that we consider that we think about. It was not my way, not my path. Spirit told me that very clearly. By, by then, I was really starting to hear spirit a little more loudly. Um, so there is that. It is possible to come out of the dark and into the light, but it does take work on your part. So reaching out for people to talk to, right? Um, allowing yourself the grace and understanding that you're grieving and that you grief is selfish. You need to take care of yourself. I'm mm-hmm. here to tell you that the rest mm-hmm. of your people will be fine. They're going to find their own way. You need to take care of you because you can, especially if you're a mother, you can't care for your whole family and their grief journeys when you're hollow inside, right? We all know that. So, and sometimes fathers too, I don't mean to exclude the dads out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing. And then there's this, there's this early when we're in our grief journey in the early years, and, and I thought it was only me, but I know now that we all go through this. We are afraid to, to, to move. We're afraid to move past our pain because we're afraid that that's betraying them. That if we stop grieving, if I stop crying and screaming and kicking the floor and drinking myself with my wine every night, if I stop doing all of those things and wallowing in my grief, then I have betrayed Brian. And the truth is that the exact opposite is true. The exact opposite of that is true, right? When we allow ourselves, when we allow ourselves to face our fears and the hardest part of the journey is accepting that they have passed into spirit and being willing to meet them halfway. That's where the healing is. That's what I try to teach people. So that's that conscious healing however you get there through meditation, through psychic development classes, but this belief in the afterlife and the understanding that my life still has purpose, those are the two things that helped me heal primarily. And I couldn't have put words to it then so much Mm -hmm. um, other than, I mean, from the very beginning, you guys, three weeks after he passed, I was lying on my bed wide awake and I heard out loud with my ears, I heard, mom, and I jumped up out of my bed. I, I, I wasn't in bed. I was lying on the bed. I jumped up and I'm like, Brian, where are you? And I knew at that moment that I would find him and that I wouldn't stop searching until I did. And so that's always been my journey. And I try to help other uh, people, not just parents, but all people grieving to get there. Now, the not betraying them is really... Um, time to some degree helps with that because time does soften the grief. Time doesn't heal us, but time can soften the pain. And so when we get to that place of softening that we're not, um, well, just you'll know when you're ready, right? And that might be a Mm -hmm. year or two years or three years for you because there is no timeline for grief. But um, now the other thing though is I kind of used to teach and I implied when I said that statement about in order to heal, we have to have it's conscious suffering, right? We have to say yes to our suffering before we can. I don't 
we do have to say yes to it because we have to allow it, right? And we have to feel it and we have to acknowledge it. And there's many ways that I could share with you about how we do that. But I have shifted slightly in my feelings about that because I used to feel that we had to trudge through the pain, that we had to feel every aspect, every morsel of pain. We had to feel it and and relive it. And I don't believe that anymore because what I've learned, and I, I have a teacher locally named Jill Feeler who helped me see this, that the pain sits right beside the grief. It's not one or the other. Our pain sits right next to our grief. And we can do one while the other still exists. We don't have to go through the pain to get to connection right? Or to get to healing. We don't have to. We can have the connection with our loved ones and spirit while we're feeling pain, while we're grieving. We just consciously choose to set it aside just for a moment, right? Just set it aside. So those are some of the things that I've learned and just a little bit of how my thought process might have changed um, a little bit since the publishing of the book in 2020. Well, yeah. what I got from that, and that's great that you, you, you know, we're always learning and growing. And that's the whole point, right? We're, we're expanding, we're growing. But what yeah. I got from that when I read that passage was, it doesn't do us any good to bury our grief. It doesn't do any does do any good to ignore it, sweep it under the rug or not address it. Finding ways to such as your work, you know, transcending grief. Um, you know, you have retreats, there's different things like, you know, uh, it could be meditation. Um, but it's important to find the right thing that works for you. Now you had commented exactly. and I spoke, I spoke to somebody else and I'm not going to name this person cause I don't think I have permission to say this, but, um, you had mentioned in the book, and I just want to highlight this really quick. It's really important that if you do choose therapy, find the right therapist. You had mentioned that you had chosen once, do you want to just briefly highlight that experience really quickly about that? Because everyone yeah, says, well, just well, go to I'll, therapy, it'll fix you. A good know, therapist right? could be helpful, but, but. And can you just, there's a time and a place for that, right? Like I, yes. you know, we've been grieving the loss of our grandchildren for the last two years. And my stepdaughter and that whole family are just like gone and they live 10 miles away. And I went to therapy for that. I, I saw my local therapist for a long time for that. But when Brian passed, you know, you get the invitations to all the grief support groups and I won't name names, but, and then. LA said, we'll send you to a therapist. We'll cover it. You know, city of LA, we'll cover it since your child died in our city. And I'm like, I guess if they're paying for it, I should go. Right. Right. So I went and this woman, all she, I swear, all she wanted to do was just make me cry. And I remember telling my husband, I can do that by myself. I do that all day, every day. Anyway, I don't need to drive all the way downtown to, to do that and, and spend anybody's money, LA's or mine. So, um, so I quit going and, um, and then it wasn't long after that, that I did find Helping Parents Heal and Elizabeth Boisson, and um, she had just started Helping Parents Heal. So I became a local uh, in-person affiliate leader for her. And that probably helped me much more than anything else, because then I could take all of my knowledge about the, the afterlife that I'd been learning, all of those things, and incorporate it into that. And then I opened a healing center, and I started doing Reiki and grief support meetings and things like that. So it's been quite a journey, but therapy is is... If you need it, get it. If you don't need it, it's okay. It's all just unique and personal. Yeah. Well, the, the, what you'd mentioned in that book is a therapist really wanted to focus on. I think you said you went to three sessions and each session was focused on how he died. And it was just That's felt right. like it was just re-traumatizing you over and over and over again. I spoke yes. with another person with a child on the other side who had the same yeah. experience. And so 
the blanket statement of just go to therapy. Well, what does therapy mean to you? Is it a support group? Is it uh, going to, you know, whatever? I mean, find what works for you. That's the important message. And if it's not working okay. for you, if you're finding you're just hashing and re, because I know some people that are going to therapy for other issues and it, and it seems like all they're working on is this, it is this just rehashing the same old thing. Instead, you want to be taking yeah. steps forward. So one of the things that you also talked about is he told you, mom, no more mediums. And yes. uh, could you just talk, mention briefly about why Brian told you that? <laughs> because Brian knew, it's a couple quick stories. Brian okay. knew that I could hear him. He knew yes. that we had already a, a good connection, right? But uh, when I first learned Pendulum, I'm trying really hard in 2010, learned Pendulum, I'm trying really hard. I made an appointment on my calendar every day. I've got the board, I've got my Pendulum. And I'm like, what do you want to say today, Brian? Are you here? You know, and I tried, I'm, I'm not knocking the Pendulum. It's an right. amazing tool for many. Right. But for me, he kept saying, we don't need that. He's like, we don't need that, mom. He's like, we don't need that. Like, <laughs> Come on, and I mom. Kept to say that. Like, you don't need that, mom. And um, and also one time, I'm getting frustrated. He said, just wait, just wait. I have to match my energy to the pendulum. So that was his way. Whoa, with me. He was whoa, little... whoa! Wait, wait, wait. Can you just? Go, I want you to go back just a second on that because I don't think you mentioned that in the book. Can you just mention them? No, I didn't. Match your, said, just can you just because people who do work with pendulums and if you could just re repeat that little piece you said that was important thank you he said give to be patient i need time to match my energy to the pendulum energy okay now yeah now here's a, <clears throat> that that would also apply because sometimes we have this belief system that once they're on the other side they can just magically do everything they have to my understanding is that <clears throat> excuse me those in spirit are going to have to work on matching our energy where we're at we're raising our vibe they're matching our vibe so whether it's a pendulum yeah. or whether it's mediumship or whatever it is that is an important point. Yeah, I did not read that in the book. So thank you for sharing that. I okay. don't think it was. I probably wasn't in the book. Yeah. <clears throat> and then he just kept saying, we don't need that. We don't need that. And so that's okay. when I really started to embrace my, just my uh, intuitive connection with him. And, and I had many doubts. And that's why one day spirit finally said, just choose to believe already. It's kind of like that. And I'm like, what? Choose to believe? And I wrote it down and I always knew that that would be the title of the book. And that was, you know, 10 years ago. So I must, you know, it took me a while, but yeah. Um, and spirit also at the end of every chapter in that book, there's a little synopsis of the chapter that was really all spirit written, those little yes. sections. Yes. And Bar Brian, the whole middle of the book is this poem, I guess, if you want to call it that, that Brian wrote directly through me. I didn't write it. That was channeled writing from yep. my son to you, to yep. all of you readers out there, because it's a beautiful message of, um, he takes us on that journey from grief to um to finding each other in the light and when i said earlier we talk about matching the energy of the pendulum when i said earlier when we're willing to meet them as they are now and find them in that space it's the same thing it's raising our consciousness and our awareness to meet them where they are now of this vibration so that we can communicate and i don't doubt anymore at all i absolutely choose to believe i'm um, too many miracles i mean we've <laughs> only touched on a few but so many miracles and i know your audience i know everybody has their own miracles to share yes so 
Well, and, and yeah. that's a good point too. When you, for those of us that are developing our mediumship skills and you're, you're intuitive, you work with Brian, uh, it is a process and it's, you know, we're sitting in our power. We're taking the time. We're out in nature. You mentioned that you communicate quite a bit yeah. with him when you're on hikes and, and mm -hmm. it's, uh, it is a process. And when we're processing grief and we're, we're working through emotions, it, it is our energetic blocks. My belief system, I'm sure others feel the same way energetic blocks our energetic blocks stop the flow when we're able to yeah. lift that veil of the pain and allow the light to come forward yes. it makes it much easier for those in spirit guides angels loved ones to communicate with us because that natural flow is happening but when we're going through these deep-seated griefs or periods of time where we're challenged whatever the situation is which is normal um, yeah. it, it is, it is, they're always there, but they may not, we may not always hear them because we're, we're trying to process through our own situations. Exactly. I mean, mm -hmm. re, re, it, you know, if you do this kind of like wrapped in the shroud, like I talked about earlier, yes. they, it's, it's more difficult <clears throat> for them to penetrate at those times, but, um, but they're still there. They're always there. Thank you for saying that. That's so true. Yeah. You also mentioned too on page 123, my ad, maintaining communication between the worlds is as important to our loved ones as it is to us. Could you just elaborate on that a little bit, please? Maintaining communication between the worlds. Well, I think how I'm going to relate that is a... Um, all of our loved ones lived a life, right? They lived a life here and they lived a life well lived and most of them, right? And they want to be remembered. But more importantly than that, I believe in soul planning. And I believe that we, I believe that my son and I have um, had the plan, not that he would come here and be murdered at the age of 23, but I believe that we had a plan um, that he, that it's possible that he would choose to leave early. And, and I can imagine my life between life and saying, well, I'm out, I'm not going to be your mom. And he's like, are you sure? Because you've got all these things you want to experience you life map 11. And, uh, you know, and so um, I'm like, well, I don't, I'll do it. And then I, I've, if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, I don't know what I was thinking. I'm never doing it again. So God willing, God willing, I won't have to do it again. But I think that in honoring of the plan that we made, and I, I like to, it's like, so we came and we lived and we loved and Brian did choose to leave early, even mm. not of his own hand, right? He didn't right. die when he disappeared off his trike at the age of three. He didn't die in the river that he should have died in. You know, I think he picked that moment. He had things he had yet to do and he chose that moment when it presented itself again to go. I'm not going to dishonor him and exit. I'm not going to dishonor him and not fulfill my true purpose and live up to what I came here to, to, to do, right? The things that I wanted to accomplish. So I know it's a partnership. I know he is working with kids on the other side. I know that he brings those kids in and they bring their moms or their dads in. I know that that's true. And just, I mean, and, and for the next teacher too, it's not always me, right? But I know that mm -hmm. he's working with me in that way. And they're busy on the other side, helping us reach our full potential and helping us step into um, this pathway of healing and helping, helping kind of write us on the path, if you will, um, helping us find our, our, our footing. Um, and they're always there to pick us up. Always. Well, let's get back to your book. If you are interested in winning a copy of Paige's book, I am going to I am going to 
buy the book and ship it to you personally. And you will be the person who's going to win is going to be emailing me their address. So please type 11 into the chat. If you haven't already done so, you only need to do it once to do the giveaway. And we'll be holding that real shortly. Paige, could you talk a little bit about the work that you do today and some of the, some of the, the retreat and that that you do um, to share with our listeners, Thank please? Yes. Thank you for asking. It's yes. my, <laughs> I said it's my favorite thing a bunch of times today. Um, so Can you say, I, and if, if she's this, you're this easy to listen to, her book is just as easy to read. It is just like, woof, 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 woof. You just read right it's through like, it. So. It's, it's intentionally short. It's intentionally a lot of white space um, so that you can pick it up, read a chapter, put it down. Cause I know how grief is. I couldn't read a book for years. So I get it. Um, just read a little bit at a time. Um, so within the transcending grief project, which Kat Bailey and I formed uh, last summer, um, we joined together to do retreats for people. Now I've been doing retreats for four years. I do small in-person um intimate retreats in Idaho. Um, this will be my fourth one. This I've done four. This will be my fifth one this year. We usually go to a mountain setting, either Stanley on the Salmon River or McCall up on Lake uh, Payette Lake up in McCall, Idaho, up north of me. And, um, and they're just like eight to 11 people. And we bond and we um, spend time together and we hike and I teach channeling and I teach, um, you know, all the things I do Reiki for them. Um, we, we just spend three and a half days of healing together. Those retreats I keep as low cost as possible. I do not make a profit on them. Um, they're, I'm just here to serve. That is my mm -hmm. give back to the community. Um, and it means everything to me. Um, you should see the pickup truck that I load up with yoga mats and the food <laughs> and all the things that I'm just like, you know, if you can tell, I've got a lot of energy. So it's just, you know, I'm love on. That. Um, so I love that. And this year we actually, well, it's sold out. So next year, watch next website, year, next year, next year. Um, if you go to your website, we a, there you have, I'm sorry, you have, website? you have a, you, you can join the newsletter and you can stay updated on that, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, you can okay. sign up for notification on future retreats. And then within the Transcending Grief Project, Kat and I do retreats. They're called Transcending Grief Retreat. This year's is also sold out. It's in June <laughs> in Connecticut. And it is, I mean, next level transcendence. Uh, it, it is next level stuff, you guys. And so it's sold out in 48 hours. And we're so excited. I can't wait <laughs> to get there. Um, I can't tell you anything about it because it's a secret. But um, I'll tell okay. you later. And then <laughs> next year, next year, I'm hoping to do an Idaho retreat. Um, well, I will do an Idaho retreat. And then we'll <sighs> have two, maybe three transcending grief retreats. We're going to be in Connecticut again, June 19th through the 23rd next year. We might be in London for a UK retreat at the end of August oh, next year. Wow. And then we're probably going to do a West Coast. Uh, that's We're still trying to figure that out. So we'll do three different transcending grief retreats. And I'll always do my Idaho give back retreat for a smaller audience. The other retreats, we have 30 to 50 people. Um, so a little bit bigger audience. But um, we both love it. Um, it's it's really coming from our hearts to yours. So mm. we do that. That takes up much of my time. I also host the two groups, one for helping parents heal, one for transcending grief. And under transcending grief, we have what we call our Sunday chat series. Every Sunday, one of five of us uh, gives a talk or a presentation. Um, last week, I did a one and a half hour presentation on purpose and living in alignment with your soul. That's now on YouTube. Our YouTube channel is Transcending Grief. So thank you so much for asking. 
Excellent. Of yeah. course. And then the yeah. the link to Paige's website is in the description field of this broadcast. And also, yeah. if you go to the in the comments section, I did put a direct link to Amazon where you can also purchase her book. All right, let's do the drawing and let's see who Yay. is going to be the lucky winner of the book today. All right, Laura, let Number it roll. 11. <laughs> Oh, how cool. <laughs> I like your Yeah, I awesome. do too. Hopefully my name doesn't come up. Oh, good. My name's not coming up. Oh, good. Oh, Carla. Hey, Carla. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Carla. I know Carla. Carla. Oh. Carla, Carla. Okay. Carla Yay. also, um, Carla was a guest on here. I think it was in February. And she also, <laughs> she also has a chapter in this book, Gathering at the Doorway, curated by Camille Dan. Carla, I know how to reach you. So I will contact you to get your address uh, so that I can get you that book. Congratulations, Thank Carla. You for Thank you doing that. Yes, so of course. Nice. Thank, you. Thank you to everybody who entered into the drawing. Any last thoughts before we wrap this up here, Paige? This has been such a fast and fascinating, fascinating conversation with you today. Any final Always. thoughts you'd like I to just share? I, I just thank you so much because spreading the word, I, I really feel like all of us, it's like we're trying to help make this concept of the afterlife more mainstream and to make it more mainstream in the grieving community, right? So I think it's becoming more and more so. To me, it is the pathway to healing, period, period. I feel like if we believe in the afterlife and we embrace that, like we know that that's real and we know that we're having this relationship with our child our, our husband or our sister or our brother or whoever it is that you're grieving, um, then, then there's, there's light, right? There's light in that and there's a way forward. So thanks for helping to shed light on that. Thank you, Paige. And again, choose to believe, mm -hmm. choose to believe a story of miracles, healing and the afterlife by yeah. Paige W. Lee. Highly recommend this book. I read it twice. Absolutely love it. Thank it has just been highlighted. Thank you to everybody who has joined us live. Thank you to Laura who moderated the event for us today. I so appreciate you. And of course, a special thank you to Paige who joined us live tonight. Paige, please stay on after the live. I'd like to chat with you. Okay. So, so much love and so much blessings. Thank you, everybody. Good night. Bye.